so much more meaning when you, when you get a visual of actually what the song meant. Take me into the holy of holies. You know, but when the woman at the well was up there and Jesus came to her and they said, well, your people say in Jerusalem's where we worship and our fathers, they worship on this mountain. He said, I'm telling you the time's coming when you're going to worship. It ain't going to matter where you worship. You worship in spirit and truth. So when he says, take us into the holy of holies, we have to go back and look at what had to happen before Christ came. And all the stuff that's in the holy of holies represents what Christ did. They come in, they made the sacrifice, they washed, they went into the curtain. There was a lampstand that was Jesus. There was a table of showbread, which was his body. There was some juice over there, which was his blood. Then they went through the curtain to the holy of holies. They went in, they had direct access. When Jesus give his last breath, that veil was torn from top to bottom, and they had direct access to the Holy of Holies. We're alive. We're alive. We've been alive for over 2,000 years. I think, sometimes I think we just go back and do the same things over and over again, because that's the way we've always done them, right? But no, we're alive. We're alive. We have direct access to the throne room. He applied, what he did applied to set you free. There are going to be several people set free today because of what he did. They're going to be born again. They're going to be sozoed. What the world's at, we'll talk about that in a minute. But healed, set free, delivered, made whole. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he's going to continue to do, and that's what he's doing today. So, um, whoo, then I get excited. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for, for Jesus. Lord, that you tell us about your Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that uh, you have your way, Lord. Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, your will be done. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. Now, he is alive, and his name is Jesus. And he took us into the Holy of Holies. Lord, as you make yourself known to, to us more right now, more today than, than yesterday, Lord, and more tomorrow than the day before, Lord, as you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we think about all these great things that God did. We think about... You know, how, how Jesus was obedient. He said, Lord, I come to do, you know, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. But, but this morning when I was praying and I was seeking, it's like, you know, it, it don't matter what Jesus did. It don't matter what God did if you don't apply it to your life. We talk about it a lot, but we don't apply it. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. But if we just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, you've saved my life. Amen. We're going somewhere. Um, man, just the last, the last couple of services we've been talking about just the last few, few days or few hours of Jesus' life and, and uh, how, he, how he loved you so much. He said, Lord, not, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, if there's any other way this, this cup could pass before me, Lord, but, but not my will, but yours be done. And, 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 and Jesus had that cup, and we talked about it last week, but when he was carrying around that cup, that cup was the sin of the world, the sin of everybody. And once he died on that cross, once he shed his blood, he replaced, when we take communion, we replace what he did because he took away the sin. So we're partaking in what he did because the blood he shed has made us clean, right? So we got, so Jesus, you know, he, he's on the cross. Let's go to Psalms 22. He's on the cross and, and he says, what is it, Eli, Eli? He says, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then we all look there and mean, man, man, God just forsaken him and, and done all this. What if I said, take the log out of your own eye? Automatically what would come in your eye? Well, you quit judging me. You quit judging me. Take the log out of your own eye. So when Jesus said, my God, my God, why are you forsaken me? He was actually 
They would have known it. The, the religious people's the one that killed Jesus. They had this thing memorized. They didn't have a Bible to carry around. They had scrolls, and not everybody had one. So they have them memorized. I assume they didn't have one. They said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if you go through and, and, and read Psalms 22, it'll line up with the stuff that happened in Jesus' life when he's on the cross. Down through there it says, he was despised by the people. So let him rescue himself. All talked about in Psalms before the crucifixion. How they, how they cast lots for his clothes and how they, oh, how they pierced his hands and feet. So he wasn't saying that. And then, it, then one of the disciples running there, the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, I believe it was, says, said they ran into this empty tomb, right? They go into the empty tomb, and, and what did they find in there? They found cloths. And how was the cloth? It was folded up, wasn't it? The cloth was folded up. Jesus was gone, and the cloth was folded up, laying over in the corner, Okay? So in Jewish tradition, when they were eating, if they wasn't done eating, they would fold their napkin up and put it on their plate. That way they wouldn't come and take their plate away from them so they could continue eating. So when the disciple walked in and seen that folded up, uh-uh, he's not done. He's not done. He's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Amen. Just gets better and better and gooder and gooder. So if we don't apply it to our life, let's go to John chapter 3. All right, love the sound of babies, praise the Lord. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, lest one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So Nicodemus, he is a Pharisee of Pharisees. And, and Jesus comes in there and he's like, man, you have to be from God for no one can do these miracles you're doing unless they were empowered by, by God. You know, and then and he comes and says, Nicodemus, truly I say to you, unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see. Most of truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when I said earlier, it don't matter how much we know about him unless we apply what he did unless we see what he did, Lord, give us eyes to see. Lord, give them eyes to see what the Spirit has to show them. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit has to show them. Give them a heart to receive what you did. All doubt and unbelief, you'd be gone right now in the name of Jesus. And we speak life and life and abundantly, Lord, into every body, into every temple in this room, Lord, that they know you more and more on a personal level. So when we look at that see, see, to properly see, to know. To be aware, behold, consider, have knowledge, look on, perceive, be sure, tell, understand. Unless one is born again, he cannot understand the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot perceive the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot consider the kingdom of God. And we got Nicodemus here, that's, that's the ruler of Jews, like, man, what are you talking about? 
And he tells him, cannot see the kingdom of God. Down in verse 5, he tells him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the kingdom of God. I want to enter the kingdom of God. I want to see the kingdom of God. I want to, Jesus said, go out and tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Go out and tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go out and preach the gospel. Tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Freely receive, freely give. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We want to see the kingdom. He's looking for people to do kingdom work. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive it. You do not receive our witnesses. We testify... Most, verse 11, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witnesses. 12, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Let's just camp out there on 12 for a minute. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And I was thinking about, what are these earthly things that, that Jesus is telling these people? You think about, think about through them. Now, what's these earthly things that's, that he's telling them? Maybe it's like, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Maybe it's, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Maybe it's, believe. Believe you and your household. Maybe it's, forgive. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Maybe it's love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe it's love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Maybe it's do not murder, do not lie, do not cheat, do not steal, do not covet, do not bear false witness. All these things. He said, I tell you earthly things, and you do not believe them. You don't, Because when you believe, you're actually putting that to action. You, you, can, you can pull up believe. I was going to use that in just a minute, but pull up believe. It's pissed you off. If you do not believe, if you do not have faith in, if you do not have credit, if you don't have implication, if you don't entrust, if you don't commit, if you don't put your trust in what I'm telling you right here, how are you going to believe heavenly things? Believe it just got so, in the English language, it's just got so broad that it don't really mean nothing. Like I believe the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl next week. Assume the Super Bowl's already over, right? Some of you would be like, yeah, I agree, yeah. But if we would talk about it enough, you'd be like, oh yeah, Bad example. All right. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how you believe if I tell you heavenly things? What are these heavenly things? She's like, man, you have to be from God. Nicodemus, like, you have to be from God from all these, these signs that we're seeing. There's just no other way. So if we won't believe that we need to be that we need to forgive, that we don't need to, to lie, cheat, steal, if we won't believe any of that, how are we going to believe that, that we're healed? How are we going to believe that we're set free? How are we going to believe that we're delivered? How are we going to believe that we're made whole? How are we going to believe that we can be born again? If we won't even believe the earthly things, how can we believe the heavenly things? Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, Lord, give me a new heart. Lord, take out this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. And Lord, just make it like you. If Jesus was here in his flesh and bone body right now, what would be going on in your body? Healing, if you wanted it. Amen. He says, it's good that I must go, that I'll send another. Holy Spirit, the same power that rode Jesus from the grave is here today, and we just have to receive what he did, just like they did then, just like when he was walking in flesh. All right, I think we're on 13, right? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, and that is 
Jesus, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Okay. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What about this whole lifting up the serpent? As Moses lifted up the serpent. Let's go to, I think it's Numbers. Is that right? Yeah, Numbers 21. One through nine. Numbers 21, starting in verse 4. King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Who do you want me to tell him that you are, Moses said. He's going out there to, to deliver these people out of bondage in Egypt. Going out, Man, who do I tell him that you are? He said, I am. I am. When Jesus, when, when they had him there to, to be ready to be crucified, and they, they was all around him, and, and they brought this uh, this garrison of guards around him there and they said who do you say that you are are you the king of kings or lord lord he said i am and, and the power of god just fell that all of them just knocked them all down there's power in the name of jesus all right then they journeyed from mount hor by the way of the red sea to go around the land of edom and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way and the people spoke against god and against moses why have you brought us up out of egypt to die in the wilderness for there is no food, no water, and our soul loathes for this worthless manna. It's bread, but manna from heaven. So, so God's people was in bondage. They, they were sold into bondage in Israel, right? They're sold into bondage in Israel. I'm Egypt. You guys should check me. They're sold into bondage in Egypt. And then God hears and said, my people's in bondage in Egypt. And what's he do? He sends a deliverer. His name is Moses. He sends a deliverer. Is there anyone here in bondage today? I'll tell you what, he sent a deliverer. His name is Jesus. So they're in bondage there. You guys ever like doing good and then you just start grumbling and that just happened around my house. Oh, we're just doing great, man. We just love Jesus and oh, I'm just getting tired. We ain't got nothing to eat in this house. Well, you're wanting to only eat certain things fast. Why well, does it matter what we got to eat in the house, right? All we have is this yogurt. So, so they're out there and they're grumbling and the, people, and the people start speaking against God and Moses. You, you know, they were free. They were in bondage. There's some of you that's been freed, and now that you're back in bondage, they were freed. They're in bondage. Now they're free, and then they're grumbling. Why'd you bring us out of here for? Why'd you bring us out of here for? You should have just let you bring us out here in the wilderness to die, right? Verse 6. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they hit the people, and many of the people of Israel died by not obeying. You know, I think we picture God, you know, God's not just sitting up there waiting on you to mess up. I think we picture God like that sometimes. Like he, he's sitting on there waiting on you to mess up, and he's like, Bzzz. Isn't that kind of how we picture him sometimes? Oh, 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 oh. I only prayed for two minutes, 30 seconds, and not three minutes this morning. You know, and he's up there, but he, he loves you. He loves you. And when we're disobedient to him, he corrects us. And when you're disobedient, he provides you a way to be back to obedient. Right? Amen. He provides you a way to be back to obedient. So, verse 7. He said, the Lord, verse 6, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord. We have sinned against the Lord. I'm going to get this right. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed, 
for the people. Amen. So what happens? What happened in their heart when they said, we have sinned? Repentance. Repentance. Lord, we have sinned against you. Then what did he do? He offers a way to get back to him. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if the serpent had bitten anyone, then he looked at the bronze serpent and he lived. All of this is representation of what Christ did for us. Every bit of it is representation of what Christ did for us. Moses was a deliverer. He said, take, take this serpent and put it up on the pole. And he told him to do what? What's a pole? Where was Jesus at? What did Jesus do? He shed the blood. He defeated sin and death. He defeated Satan. He had victory. So we look upon what Christ did to set us free. Amen. He is so good. He is so good. And he wants to restore you completely. Whatever situation it is in your life, he wants to restore you. All right, back over to John 14 again. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So he's telling Nicodemus, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're looking back, hey, this has already happened. He's looking like this is going to happen, okay? That whosoever believes in him, the Son of Man must be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So whoever believes, whoever puts their faith in, whoever puts their trust in what he did and the blood he shed, the stripes he took and the blood he shed and his death that he took for sin and then his resurrection life, whoever believes in that will trust in him, mold you, conform you into the image of him. For God, God did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But that the world through him might be saved. How are you saved? Through him. That the world might be saved through him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He's the only way. There's not several ways. It's only through him. It's only through what he did. And he didn't come to condemn you. That's one thing I think we get, we got to register. You may be living in sin. You may have lived in sin. But he didn't come to condemn you of that. He came to forgive you of that. He came to heal you of that. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you stole or how much you've lied or what affairs you've had or, or whatever it is, how much you've hated, how much you haven't forgive. But I tell you, it stops today and there's no condemnation in it. There's freedom in it. In Romans 8, Romans 7, Paul's talking like, man, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. And, and I'm having all these troubles and issues. And then chapters and verses are added later. They don't get to the next deal. But then Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So there's no condemnation in the Spirit. So let's get in the Spirit. Amen? He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is a condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because they were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clear that they have been that his deeds may be clearly seen 
that they have been done in good God. Holy, holy, holy. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You're condemned before. We were condemned when Adam fell in the garden. But he restores us back to life. He's restoring us back to life right now. So let me ask you this. Is there anyone here in the house feeling condemnation? He don't want you to be condemned. That spirit's not a God. Spirit of condemnation, you leave right now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of rejection, you leave right now in the name of Jesus. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal your heart today. Maybe you haven't totally surrendered your heart to God completely. Maybe you're wanting to trust in Him with all your heart because your paths aren't straight, because your ways are crooked. He wants to touch you right now. He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you well. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. That's the same. That's the word sozo. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his son in the he did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but they might be saved. Saved. That Greek word is sozo. And it means he wants you saved, he wants you healed, he wants you delivered, he wants you protected. He wants you made whole today, like right now. Like we're not just going to talk about this and then go out and eat some bonbons. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's up to you. Like you've heard earthly things. Lord, Lord I have this, Lord, I have this heart that, that wants to forgive, but it can't. Come forward. We'll pray with you and we'll break that stinking spirit off of you. I'm tired of hating, but I can't quit hating. Come forward. We're going to pray for you. We're going to break that spirit off. And we're going to take authority. All authority in heaven he gave to man. We've got to pick up that authority and use what he did. Moses just delivered him out of bondage. Moses was a man that did what God told him. That's what we are. Just people that do what God tells us. Not about us. All about him. So what is it? Like, like if we would get like 100% honest, what is it? in your life that's holding you back from serving God the way that he's intended you to serve him. What not a better day than resurrection 2023. <laughs> 2,000 years, but he's still doing the same stuff that he did then. Greater, I'd say. He always has greater things. He said, the things that I do, you will do, and greater than these because I go to the Father. But he's still here. He's still God. He's still changing lives. He's still touching lives. And we're still trusting in him. Receive what he did. Receive him. 18, it says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he believes in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. You have some darkness in your life that you're loving that's not a him. We'll speak, we'll take authority, we'll speak against that darkness. Darkness and light don't mix. But it don't take much light to get rid of all the darkness. Just a little bit of light. And that light wants to come into you right now. The light of Jesus wants to come into you right now. Dispel all darkness. Dispel all hate. Dispel all anger. Dispel all unforgiveness. Dispel all sickness. Maybe you got some health issue. He wants to take care of that too. He opens wounds. He does all kinds of stuff. So what is it? He's ready to take them chains off of you. So he's been dragging around chains. Them chains get heavy. But you know what? It just took a second to take them chains off of him and be lighter. Holy, holy, holy. It's okay to step out. Step out. You know, I carry this. I carry this for 
for 30 years. I'll just carry it just one more day. I'll just carry it one more day. And then and a month later, you're like, well, I'll just carry it one more day. And then a year later, you're like, well, I'll just carry it one more day. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, King of Kings. Praise you, Lord of Lords. Praise you. Holy, holy, holy.